When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Mail checks, invoices, documents, and everything you need to keep your business running. Get rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS. And with the mobile app, you can take care of mailing on the go. Make the same no-brainer decisions as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up at Stamps.com with code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM. The following show contains adult content. It's not our intent to offend anyone, but we want to inform you that if you are a child under the age of 18 or get offended easily, this next show may not be for you. The content, opinions, and subject matter of these shows are solely the choice of your show hosts and their guests, and not those of the Entertainment Network or any affiliated stations. Any comments or inquiries should be directed to those show hosts. Thank you for listening. Before we get started, let me introduce whoever this person is sitting next to me. <laughs> I am Anthony Mean. In the planner. <laughs> Are you a director? No. Yes, actually. I am Emperor Ming. There you go. From the planet Uranus. Or Uranus. <laughs> Whatever is. We're having spacey stuff today. I put my space shirt with all my space people and my stratosleds and all my junk. I I absolutely am the biggest fan in the world of uh, space movies. As a kid, I was madly in love with Buster Crabbe, who played Flash Gordon, and I always was Flash Gordon. Whenever I played with the kids in the backyard, I had to be Flash Gordon. No one else could be Flash Gordon. Sometimes I was impriming. Like now. Of the universe. <laughs> I will conquer the universe, Flash Gordon. You think you're going to get away with it? No way. I'm going to conquer the universe. Because my name is, well, fill in the blanks. Anyway, I thought I'd do this as a joke. And, uh, you know, because I, I really would love to be in a space movie. And Jimmy said there's a script coming up that has that, and I'm going to be in it, I guess, and I would like to play a villain, a wicked person. So, you guys, we have a great show, and before I say hi to everybody, I'm going to let Ron talk for a minute, because obviously the computer in the other room is playing the show, and I can hear it in the background, and I want to go turn it off. So, say hi, Emperor Ming. Who's your Who's your wild dog? <laughs> magic dog. Astro! Show them! Oh, the baby's scared. He got scared. Oh, my baby got scared. Oh, honey, not you. I'm acting. Okay. Anyway, yes, today's guests uh, did a wonderful job. Uh, I was so impressed with the effects of their movie. They weren't cheesy at all. They were almost the quality of Star Wars, the $50,000 million movie. Uh, we'll talk about the performances of some of the actors 
who really did an outstanding job. Uh, I was so surprised to see. Uh, I know them socially, uh, a few of them, and they really did a beautiful job. I had no idea that they were such good actors. Anyway, we'll get to that. But right now... Let's say hi to the chat room. So what's up, chat room? Cindy Lady Lake loves your space shirt. Did you see my shirt? I got see, it's got astronauts. Astro, get off my lap. Ow, you're clawing me. These nails have got to be cut. See my shirt? Flash Gordon. And we have Mako V Productions, producer from Brazil, checking in. He's a Facebook friend of ours, and he always helps promote the show. He's not usually in the chat room. So hello and welcome from Brazil. Brazil. And Brazil. We have da, 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 a really, really, dun, 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 a really dun, great dun, show dun, for you guys dun, dun, today. Brazil. Um, okay. I'm singing, you rudeness. I love that song. You never heard that song? Before? How come only one eyebrow goes because up? Because that's the evil. Oh, the evil is the one eye. That's the evil eye. <laughs> oh, the evil eye. Woo, woo, woo. You see, I'm 83, but I'm really 14 or 13 or 12. I never grew up. And that's the secret to never aging is never to grow up inside. Nature makes you grow up outside. But it's up to you to stay young inside. And if you're young at heart and young inside, just though, life is wonderful no matter what age uh, you are. I love it. So yeah. here's what we got going Why today. Why are we so pink? I want it to be more orange. Can um, we go more orange? I don't know. If we can. That's as bright as it, that's as much as it goes. Is that? Like it just goes down. Oh, that's nicer. Yeah. Okay. Now my, my, oh, Jimmy, you're knocking everything over. Now um, I look even more evil. Okay. <laughs> I don't want to cut your head off, that beautiful mane of hair. All right, you guys. So we got a really exciting, fun show today. Uh, our first guests, our first guests are going to be Gato and Anahit Sishian. Uh, Gato is the director and the writer for Space Wars Quest yeah. for the Deep Star. He also has another film that he did called Automation that we love with a bunch of people that we know. Um, they're super great and they're friends we've met him at socially at a bunch of places and now we're going to have him on the show for the first time it's going to be a lot of fun and our second guest is actor director and producer thomas g waits um people who uh who who, who are big into like all the movies from like the 80s will know him he's one of the stars of the warriors which is like the best gang movie that's ever been made all filmed in new york city through the subways um, he was also in Unjustice for All with Al Pacino and John Forsythe and Lee Strasberg. He was in The Thing with Kurt Russell, you guys, which is one of the greatest movies ever. And he has a new movie that just came out called Target that he wrote and directed. It's his first directorial debut. And he has a band called the, the Thomas G. Waits Project. So I'm excited to have new people uh, on and, and we're meeting all kinds of wonderful people. And I believe he's in New York, actually. Lucky. And, um, and we want to welcome Hub, 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 Hub. Hub Reynolds, yeah. Hub Reynolds Jr. has joined us in the Hub chat. Hub Reynolds Jr., yeah. I'm going to expose myself today and tell everybody the truth. I'm really from Mars. <laughs> yes, I make believe I was born in Brooklyn. And I, I was really born in Mars. You know, we have a Brooklyn accent in Mars. Everybody from Mars has my same accent. And people think it's a Brooklyn accent, but it's not. It's a Martian accent. And I am 100% Martian, yeah. Also, I want to tell everybody, if you missed last week's show, please go to either SoundCloud or iHeartRadio or YouTube or um, Apple 
Apple iTunes, whatever, and listen to the show. The show's doing phenomenally well. I think it's going to end up possibly being our highest rated show that we've ever had in 15 years. And uh, so please, everybody, check it out. It was a lot of fun. And we had a good time with Harvey Brownstone, remember? Okay, you can't have dead air. You have to talk. <laughs> my, ba- my batteries are low. Put new batteries in me. <laughs> <gasps> evil eye, the evil eye. Oh, there's the evil eye. The evil eye. All the way around. I love acting, and I love pretending, and I love makeup and doing things differently. You know, people think that when I impersonated Jane Russell that I was a drag queen. I was never a drag queen. I was an actor portraying the the wonderful legend Jane Russell. Just like when I played the mobster, the gangster guy, or the priest, or the cop. You know, I love uh, character parts. I don't think I would have ever liked to have been a leading man, per se, who just kisses women and shit like that. I love character acting because it puts you in so many different places. And I and I love it. You know, we always ask uh, everybody who comes on the show, like, like who is it that they they would like to have act with? So who would you have liked to act with? Because we don't ask you usually. Oh, Buster Crab. There's no question. Or Sam Jones. My God. Actually, yeah. our Sam Jones show is up on YouTube and on all the platforms, yeah. too, you guys. It's really good. Sam Jones is Flash Gordon. Yeah. And Buster Crab was the original Flash Gordon. I adore, love, and worship Flash Gordon. Jimmy has bought me so many beautiful antique pieces, things that are um, from the 1930s and 40s regarding Flash Gordon. As a young boy growing up in Brooklyn, we didn't have much of anything. We were poor. And when television came in 1949, we bought one. And, oh, my God, I never left it. I would run home no matter where I was at 5 o'clock to watch the serial Flash Gordon with Buster Crab. And how I used to fantasize that one day I would be a superhero and I would be Flash Gordon and be able to conquer Ming and Mars and have my girlfriend. It was, a, it was a wonderful fantasy that I grew up with. I always wore a cape, and I used to jump off the roof of the garage so I could fly. You know, I, I tie it to my wrists like Flash Gordon did, and I jump off the roof. Lucky I never broke anything, but that was my fantasy. And, I and it just, was fun when we had Sam Jones on the show. Oh, I love Sam Jones. You know, I'm going to be in a movie with him. I'm so excited to say. And he's my hero. I, I can't believe it. You know, we all have a hero growing up. Some people like Dick Tracy. Some people like Gene Autry or Roy Rogers. Nah, they were nothing for me. Flash Gordon, nah, that was something else. Because he went in a rocket and he went to Mongo where Ming, the merciless, was there. Evil eye, evil eye. So I actually got invited, you guys. So there's a guy, this was a few years ago, but there's a guy who lives in Palm Springs who has actual movie props from movies. Um, and he's got movies from Star Wars and Lost in Space and, like, all kinds of, like, great things. And he has the actual stratosphere, the stratosled, you know, that was used in the Flash Gordon 1930s TV series. I mean, I would kill, he has it hanging from his ceiling. I, I would, would kill to see that. So I have to ask our friend Andy, so when next time I see Andy, if I could get to this guy's house to have a photograph of me underneath it. Uh, they wouldn't let me photograph it. Oh, they wouldn't. <laughs> no. but that would be the thrill of my life. Probably worth like a fucking lot of money. I know, that, oh, it is worth a lot of money. But that would be a thrill of my life to be in a stratoslip. Because when I was little, I had a bicycle, of course. And that was called a stratoslip. And when I got on my bicycle, I pretended I was going into outer space. Do you think I was a little weird as a kid? 
Also, we want to give a shout out uh, to Dawn Hinton, who she's on Instagram telling me that she forgot her YouTube password and she can't get into the chat. So hello, Dawn. Hello, hello. And uh, I would just make a new password, make a new account or something, and then join us uh, in the chat room because it should be a lot of fun. All right. So what I'm going to do real quick, you guys. Oh, first, let me just tell you all the places you can hear the show, you guys. You can uh, you can listen to the Jimmy Star Show and watch the Jimmy Star Show. We're on SoundCloud, iHeartRadio, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Spotify, Amazon Music, YouTube, Google Podcasts, Radio Public, TuneIn, Pandora, and Amazon Prime. And A-Z-Z-Z, Mars. And also on W4CY, our home station, that you can watch and listen live every Wednesday from 12 to 2 p.m. or 3 to 5 p.m. Eastern Time or 12 to 2 p.m. Pacific Time. Um, it should be a lot of fun. What we're going to do... Uh, and those of you on AZZ Mars, you may have difficulty getting us sometime because the sun moves and we can't transmit to Mars too well. But, you know, hang in there. We'll get there. Leave a lie. Leave a lie. So what I want to do real quick is we're going to... We have, I have two different trailers for the movie that we're going to be talking about. Uh, one tells you all the places you can see it and everything. We'll play that one when our guests come on. But I want to play the first trailer for it. And this is the actual official Space Wars official trailer. I pulled it off of YouTube. Um, it's a lot of fun. So please uh, enjoy the trailer. This is Space Wars. The name of the actual movie is Space Wars Quest for the Deep Star. Here's the trailer. And I believe our guests will be here when we get back. So enjoy. The year is 2980, and we now know that death is not the end. A soul can be extracted from the recently deceased and be used to create a blue liquid called essence. It can bring a person back to life. We'll get her back. I hope so. It's an expensive process used by the rich and powerful. The rest, they do what they can to survive. Stay right there. You told me you're hiding from some dangerous people. Let's knock on the door. I spent the last year searching for the deep star. A bounty so big that the entire galaxy could be yours. People have been looking for the deep star for years. It can't be found. It's because they can't find the distress beacon. I know where it is. If we find the deep star, we can get enough credits to bring mom back. Blast off. Guys, we have company. You can run, but you cannot hide. Prepare for impact. I am now authorized to take action. And now you die. No! trailer you guys the name of the movie is space wars quest for the deep star we watched it last night on tubi uh you'll find out where else it is when we bring on our guests um what do you think emperor ming <laughs> are you ready to go to our guests i have a short somewhere <laughs> <laughs> all right everybody now we want to bring on our first guest let's make sure we can hear them and uh, go ahead and bring them in hi 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 hello how are you guys doing good yes we can hear you okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love the Ming look there you got going. That's amazing. That's him today. He's Emperor Ming today, and he's got his space shirt on with all the lights. Ooh. Everything I love is the eyes. <laughs> because I really liked your movie, so I thought I'd celebrate it. 
Oh, very, very, I love the effects. It looked like Star Wars, the $20 million movie. I mean, the effects are fabulous. Hang on. We got to introduce them before we start talking. Oh, okay. All right, everybody. Now we want to welcome right. to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, Gato, and Anahit Sishian. How'd I do? <laughs> All right. So he's Gato. Gato. Anahit. Anahit. His name is pronounced Sedian. Oh, Sedian, I messed up the last name. Okay. Yes, that's okay. They're, they are Armenian names. That's so funny because I talked to Gato and I asked him how to pronounce his name, and I didn't even think about the last name. I just thought the first name. So, all right, you guys, welcome to the show. We're happy to have you. Starting off, let me introduce you to my cool, outrageous co-host, Ron Russell, also known as Ming Emperor Ming. <laughs> no, I like better be Flash Gordon. I want to make an announcement. I really am from Mars. I pretend to be a gay guy from Hollywood, but I'm really, <laughs> I'm really from Mars. <laughs> you know, hey, why not? Listen, you guys. Hold on. We have a chat room with people starting mm -hmm. to fill up, so say hi to everybody in the chat room. Hi, oh. everyone. Hello. Hey, hey. All right. Now, you did a good job, kids. I got to oh. tell you, you little one, you knocked out some hell of a performance. I looked and I said, oh, his wife's in it again. Another family member that can't act, and they stick him in film. It makes me nauseous, right? Yeah. And suddenly, this little bitch whips out a performance that was dropped at Fabulous. Aww. You really were stealing some scenes, dear. I hate to say it, but you stole a few scenes because you were really good. I was so surprised that you could act as well as you do. You're an actress. Uh, it was fun in a way, you know, I couldn't really get into it because I know everybody well in that movie. Yeah. You know, I know Sadie, I mean, Sarah so well. I knew Sadie. And I know... Uh, Michael Perret. Michael Perret. I know everyone. We in know that. Tyler. So first of all, okay, so first of all, let's tell So I know about. everyone in that movie. So it's difficult when you know people socially to sure. see them act. You know yeah. that. But they did a great job. They really did. Thanks. I would tell everybody out there, and I don't bullshit anybody, Watch it. It's probably one of the better uh, indie films that you'll ever see. Because a lot of them are junk. But this one is good. You did a good job there, uh, Jaro. Gatto. 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 Yes, the artist. So hang on, I want to say, so first of all, everybody, so we're talking about, you guys, Space Force, Quest for the Deep Star. It was written by Gatto, along with Joe Netter. You guys have been on the show Joe a million times. Joe my buddy. Um, the center photographer was Michael Sue, who's been on the show, and it stars uh, Jed Rowan, who's been on the show. Tyler Gallant's been on the show. Uh, Anahit has not been on the show, but she is. Uh, Smith's been on many times. Sarah French has been on many times. Uh, Olivier has not, and Michael hasn't, but, but Ron knows Michael from a long time ago. I know, you, I know the first time I met Michael Paré was up at a Lee and Perry Winkler's house in Truesdale Estates. They had a Sunday brunch. And in walked this magnificently gorgeous guy. He was drop-dead beautiful when he was young. I mean, the eyes on him and the – he was just terrific. And then I found out he was from Brooklyn, so I really liked him because <laughs> I was of mine from Brooklyn. Anyway, uh, I saw Michael at a red carpet. He didn't remember me, but that's okay. I don't look like I used to look. You know, I remember the pictures of me. I look like a killer, black hair, dark. Now, of course, I look waspy. Now I look evil eye. <laughs> Hold on. Anyway, Don, Don, um, Don Hinton also said you were great in it. So I want to like uh, – Thank you. Well, tell, tell people so we can hear you guys talk a little bit too. Just tell basic, like the basic premise of the story 
Um, I actually wrote it down, but it'll be well, something better something for you. First? Yes. For all of you little horny bastards out there, it's not a tits and ass movie. So if you think you're going to see a bunch of broads hanging your knockers out, don't bother watching the film. But it's not a horror movie. It's not a horror movie. It's a space movie, and it's done with sci-fi. Sci-fi. I call it space, and it's done with the greatest taste that you could do with a film. Uh, I love it. Jimmy has one coming up, and I will be in. And I won't tell you who I play, but it's a good part. And I can't wait to be in a sci-fi. Can't wait to be in a sci-fi because I've been, you know, I've been everything film. I've, I've done everything from drag a woman to a gangster, and. Now to be in this uh, sci-fi He wants film. to be in an alien movie. Really I'm an alien. Anyway. <laughs> I, so hold on, everybody. So, so why don't you guys tell us, Space Wars, Quest for the Deep Star, tell us the premise behind the movie. Well, it, it's basically, you know, a classic space adventure in the style of something like Battle Beyond the Stars or Star Crash. You know, back, you know, in the late 70s, early 80s, right after Star Wars came out, there were all these low-budget science fiction adventure movies that were being made. And, and then other big ones like the 1980 Flash Gordon or the Buck Rogers TV show. And we really wanted to do something in the spirit of those kind of movies. This, this isn't, I know the title says Space Wars and you instantly think Star Wars. The, the idea really was to do one of those films that came out in the shadow of Star Wars because we didn't have a yeah. budget to compete. I mean, our our budget's the catering budget, you know, for a day on the Mandalorian, <laughs> probably. But, uh, you know, it was, uh, but we, you know, we wanted to just make something that was also fun and lively yeah. and just just a good adventure. Yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, basically, it, Joe wrote this whole script. You know, I just helped develop the story with him. Um, and uh, God it, was like, what can we do with what we have? Yeah. You know, um, the pandemic hit and we're stuck at home. We're like, we can't just sit around and do nothing, right? So Gato came up with the story idea and, and uh, talked to Joe and, and they went at it together. Yeah, it was uh, it, it was great. I mean, you know, and I, I've known Sarah for a long time. She She's a big part of how this project developed, came, developed because, you know, I knew I, I like female leads and action heroes and stuff like that. And, you know, we knew we needed some like we liked working with Sarah on automation. Oh, she yeah. had a she's awesome. part in that, too. And uh, and she was doing all this like workout stuff like during the pandemic, like just, just posting it on Facebook. Yeah, just lifting weights and flipping tires, flipping tires you know, all this kind of stuff. <laughs> and Anahit and I were like, oh, too. I saw all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And we were like, maybe we can make Sarah an action hero. Yeah. You know. And uh, so, and my uncle uh, had a like uh, a big garage space and like an office space, and he told me. Even after he saw what happened when we filmed automation at my cousin's place, he was still willing to let us film at his. He just said, hey, if you ever want to make a movie here, you can do it. And I was like, OK, I could probably okay, build so a spaceship, space. you know, and we have people. Who are built so you built the spaceship. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was yeah. all built. Uh, it was all just like three rooms at a at an office space. One was a main garage and then there were two other ones. and We just kept rotating the sets. Um and, you know, actually, I had a script already, which was made for sort of a limited location. And uh, producer Jeff Miller came to me and he was like, he loved automation and he wanted to do a sci fi movie with me. And I gave him this other screenplay. It was just a bit too ambitious for what he was thinking. Um, and then uh, he said, Can you do something with like monsters and stuff. In it? And I'm like, mm, OK, yeah, I love that. Like a Sinbad movie in outer space, you know, something like that. And uh 
So uh, we saw it's very Sarah. Much like that, though. It's very much like that. Like, yeah. I, that's, I, that was really the thinking. I thought that. Uh, so I, I took it basically as a throwback to like a like a B horror, like a B space movie. Um, I, I actually in my head compared it to Buck Rogers and also like all the Power Rangers movies. You know, like yeah. that's how they are. And I love the power. We've had a bunch of Power Rangers on the show. I collect Power Rangers action figures. Like I love Power Rangers. Did you um, ever see Josh and the Boys movie? Queen of Outer Space? Yeah. Yeah, I have that. <laughs> Black, Mr. Blackwell was my dearest and best friend in the world, like my father. And he and Jaja were sort of bitter friend enemies because he once wrote that, you know, he did the worst 10 dress list, and he put on his 10 dress list, Jaja Gabor. He said she looked like a chicken in a tree ready to lay an egg with all oh, the yeah. fat she wears. Anyway, she's kind of bitty, bitchy and bitter to him. And one time he told me at a party, she was kind of ragging on him. So he told us, go make another one of those wonderful space movies you were in. He said that we all so enjoyed. And then he just turned around and walked away. She went nuts. She was furious. She said, it happened to have been a very good movie, which it wasn't. It's a dog. It's a worse no, thing. I, 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 if, if it's a sci-fi movie, I, 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 have, I have a Blu-ray of sci-fi movie. Even the worst. From out of space or something. You, so you. So uh, I want to go back to that. Hang on. So first, I want to go to Anna Heat. So yes, because I thought the same thing that he did. Okay, you know, he put his wife in the movie, and your first scene was like okay, and then by the third scene, I was like, oh my god, and by the end of the movie, I was like, she stole the movie, and you know who I who I kind of compared you to in Buck Rogers has the little robot called Twiggy. And I thought you were like a female, like live version of Twiggy. You know, you you bopped around, you got into things they didn't want you to, but you did it anyway. And I think really I that you give, stole have, the whole I show. I have to give you a compliment because yes. I've, I've been in the movies business 64 years and I've seen a lot of big shots play, you know, actors. Uh, I find today most of these kids are uptight when they're acting. They're not relaxed. And if you're not relaxed when you deliver your lines, they're fake. You cannot be, you can't do this. Look, here comes the monster. <laughs> you know, you can't do that because it doesn't work. You were so real and so relaxed. And I said to Jimmy, she's relaxed. She's a relaxed actress. You made it so simple and so easy, Man, all of your thanks. lines. You did it, you did it beautifully. Whereas I don't want to mention who, but somebody that was the villain was overacting. I thought she had a, a diarrhea attack or, or, or had a heart <laughs> because the faces she made were like you were making a dump. Anyway, um, I wasn't happy with that. I've seen her work in other films and she's very good. This film, she just overdid it. Well, any, any performance, you know, you, you could put it back on me because, you know, everyone was directed to be the way they were. We kind of knew what sort of movie we yeah, were in. Yeah. And we wanted, we wanted it to be over the top and, you know. I thought it was. Yeah, it was. Like, but you know what? When you do that, you hurt the actor because people don't know your motive. And the people that go see the film simply say, lousy job. So you can't do that to an actor. You have to, like, Say to the actor, listen, do it. There, there are many ways to be evil without being evil. Right. Well, I thought, like, because I thought the very first. Like uh, this. <laughs> <laughs> I thought the very, like, the guy at the very beginning, uh, like, because he was. Oh, so, uh, the judge? <laughs> uh, and I was like, oh my gosh, you know, and that's why I got it right off the bat that this is like a throwback, like the Power Rangers, because if you see Rita Repulsa in the Power Rangers, that's exactly how she acts. 
Uh, and I'm going to get her on the show, actually. We just met her. And so oh, wow. And the Michael Pare again, Michael was a veteran actor who was totally relaxed. Yeah. He's believable. He didn't he didn't overamp. You know, I've seen so many actors want to do it so badly that they they don't do it. You, you know, thank you, thank you so much, both of you, for that compliment. Because well, I, think, honey, I don't blow smoke up anyone's ass. Yeah, believe Marcel. me, he doesn't. <laughs> ask Marcel and Joe and Sarah. <laughs> I, feel, listen, I, I feel a veteran of film. I've seen Jimmy and I see two movies every night with dinner. Wow. So I've watched thousands and thousands of movies over my 64 years. Yes. And I've met many of those stars of the legends of Hollywood. So I've been able to discuss things with them. And like Betty Davis said, don't let them catch you acting. Yeah. And I agree with her. And other people that say that, that's why I say you are a damn good actress, just not his wife. Betty Davis is one of my favorite actresses. She was a buddy of mine. A, a, not a buddy. She was a, 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 more than an acquaintance of mine. And I loved her. She was very out frank. And that's the thing she liked about me. She always said that, you know, you, you say what you feel. And yeah. she liked me. Yeah. Like, <laughs> she did. She did that. She was a powerful woman. Yeah. yeah. I mean, As, I, go, go, ahead, go ahead. I was just going to say, I love the way you cast the film. You know, um, you you uh, like Sarah is not really used to that, so you brought some people out of their element a little bit. I'm um, glad she was wasn't nice naked. And, I'm happy uh, she didn't get naked. And uh, I got so angry with her. I say, Sarah, you're such a damn good actress. You don't need tits and ass anymore. That was forget about it years ago. Now let's see some real work. You which know, was fabulous. She was terrific beating the shit out of that guy, which is probably. I love her fight with Rachel Brooks Smith. So I'll tell you, Rachel Brooks. I was. First of all, I was really impressed about the cast, though. Michael Prey, big star. Rachel Brooks Smith, you know, has some really big mainstream. She's in Scream TV series and uh, that, that cheerleading movie. And she has this movie where she plays like a singer, where she lip syncs like for the other singer. And she was in that dance movie that's uh, Center Stage 3. I mean, she's got some really major credits, you know, that were put out. And uh, I haven't seen her in a long time. When we lived in Pennsylvania, she came on the show twice. And uh, she's a great actress. She's got a huge social media following. Yeah. She posts a video because she works out and you know does all that workout stuff. And she's got like every you know guy and, on the and planet. I, and I, what's his name? A little friend, the one that was blind. Oh, Jed Rowan. No, doesn't. No, no. I, I, he was playing the the, the the deaf guy in blind. Oh, Tyler. 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 Forgive me for getting your name, Tyler. You know, yeah. you know, I'm I, I'm a great a supporter of you and your work. Tyler, your work is getting better and better. You're going somewhere. Um, I and I thought Olivia was great. Wait, I didn't get there yet. Let's okay. Tyler. Tyler, you're looking good. You're, you, you, you're relaxed. You, you, saw, you did your job well. I'm proud of you, Tyler. And, you know, when I see you, we always talk about yeah. what could you do better. Well, I think you're doing better. Yeah, he's very committed to the physicality of this because, you know, the fight scenes, you know, that took time to choreograph and plan and they were training nonstop for that yeah. stuff. First of all, they I, were I, great. I, I, the, I, fight was, with the fight with Sarah and and uh, with Sarah and Rachel Brooks Smith was awesome. Like, <laughs> I, loved it. I was no, like, and awesome. I know Sarah privately always wanted to beat up a guy. So it's <laughs> 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 in the movie. Uh, the monsters. Let's talk about the monsters. The one that came out of the cave, okay. But the rest of them were fabulous. Oh, uh, the fire monster that tried to grab the little spaceship. Uh, yeah. the, the, the spaceships were wonderful. I really had a feeling of Star Wars. Good. 
the zillion dollar film. Uh, this oh, the musical score was excellent. I, mean, I that, that, yeah, Joel Christian Goffin, he's an incredible composer. He did he did the music on automation as well. But we with this, we wanted a big sounding score. And the was, music did not drown out the actors, and that's what I like. Yeah. So many movies I see, the music is louder than the actor, and yeah. it distracts you from the performance. We have that music. a lot. We watch so, stuff on TV so, all the time. So your your music was was mellowed out. Photography. Let's talk about. Wait, that. wait, you're going no, wait, too fast. No, wait, shut the fuck you up. talked about the monsters a minute ago. I want to go back. So there's a scene. I, I really can't stand it. You're working with there's, me. There's no, no joy. There's a there's <laughs> a scene. There's a scene where the spaceship's uh, about to crash, I think, and there's this one monster, which I wish that would have been in there more. The he was monster. like, no, no, not the fire monster. It was like purple and green, and it was like a giant lizardy looking thing where you only saw it from the neck to its head to its neck, yeah. and you flew over it. That was that looked so like hundred million dollar film. It wasn't even funny, and I thought the monsters were a lot of fun because they were very now. now can I, I know they were oh, very those monsters were done by Stephen Clark and um, and also Paul Mott uh, also worked on the effects that they they do these they're an effects company in England and uh, I actually had like you know I already was referred to them by some other filmmakers like Hank Braxton and James Condelick and uh, when I went to them I sent them the footage of the movie because you know they don't look it's like just send us the movie let's see what you got and they looked at it and they called me up like and I said you know we were watching this thing and we love this movie. This is exactly the kind of movie we grew up on, on like Saturday afternoons yeah. and stuff. So they were in and they gave it everything they got. And I called was, them every day was Christmas when I got new shots from them. It was amazing. Well, the monsters were now, very now cool. May I speak? You've been speaking. I like to speak. That's why your show's a success. If I wasn't here speaking, you'd be back in radio with 10 people. Not to be evil, but the truth hurts. Evil Anyway, um, photography. Yes, sir. I hate photography that bounces and goes all over the place. Right. Our old people like me said the same thing. But I get no sick. Yep. Well, I need, I, inter- I need interjection. I don't need interjection. <laughs> Sit there like a nice boy <laughs> and let me finish. When I finish, you go. Then you go, I go. Okay, go. That's how it goes. Go. Listen, do me a favor. You got a good lawyer. <laughs> yeah. So I, can, so I can divorce this guy? Oh, <laughs> from Eli. Anyway, um, what was I saying? You're talking yes. about the for, You don't like shaking. Hold on. You have an excellent DP. Whoever your DP was, keep him. He's good. Michael Sue. Michael Sue. He's been on the show. And and the color was quality good. And you didn't see, like, sometimes they use a, a, a red camera. Sometimes they use the other one. And you see the color changing. You know, now she's in a gold top, then she's in a green top. And I find that very disconcerting. So your color stayed the same throughout your film. The length of the film was perfect. So I want to hear from you. We've torn this film to pieces and we praise this film to the heavens. Go see it. What are you? A puppet? I, I want to have him talk. I'm not a marionette. Here. I'm not a puppet. <laughs> you know, I actually, Ron, I, I do agree with you about the shaky camera stuff and things. And that was oh, something very, very specific. Like when I do a fight scene in a movie, I want to see the fight scene. I want it to be like Raiders of the Lost Ark on right. the airplane. I mean, I like layered action where there's a lot of stuff going on, but you got to see it, yeah. you know? And there's so many movies, and especially with lower budget movies, if they're doing an action scene, there's no time for them to choreograph anything. It's just shaky camera and people fall down. I mean, that that's not exciting. What I like also is you did long shots. 
Yeah. Two headshots, close-ups. Yeah. Or two shots close. You did a long shot when Sarah was walking in the desert, which I thought was wonderful. Almost Lawrence of Arabia. Gave it scope. Yeah. A beautiful blonde Lawrence of Arabia. Or Sarah French, the most beautiful girl in Hollywood. Um, I adore Sarah French. She's one of my dearest friends, and I love her to pieces. She was amazing. I mean, and I can't say enough good things about working with her. She was so committed. Sarah French is not a bitch. She's not a show-off, and she's not in competition with other women. She's a sweet, dear, nice person, and I'm so happy that she's my friend. So in the chat room, they're asking, what, what desert did you guys shoot in? Okay, we, so the ex, the interiors, all the sets were in uh, La Puente. <laughs> um, in his uncle's My uncle's office. place. But we shot uh, two days uh, during the main film shoot uh, out in the Las Vegas area. There was uh, uh, Pahrumpf and also uh, near the, the Arizona River. Yeah, the, the caverns. Um, a lot of films are shot over there. So, yeah, we, we did uh, that. And then, oh, yeah, we went back one more day for pickups, which was the Red Planet sequence. Uh, I just fell in love with this location near the border area. You know, that's what Moss really looks like. The last time I saw him when I was there, <laughs> I, I, that, no, really, that red uh, stuff was happening. It's red dust that blows up. So we try to get rid of it because, you know, we all live underground. And we come up once in a while to look, what are you laughing at? I'm a Martian. You are a Martian. When the spacecrafts land and you see me on television with the head of the Martians, you know I'm real. Well, here's what I want to know, because Gato, 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 sorry. You were right the first time. (laughs) Uh, Okay. You, um, so you're an editor by trade, right? Like you're a professional editor. So how did you learn? Well edited. Yes. Uh, Because literally, like like what really sells the movie, yes, you had great actors and and most of them were really, really, really good. But really what sells this movie is the, the spaceships and the special effects and the fighting and the things blowing up and all that kind of stuff that you did. And, and now did you do that or did you have a special effects? And you did it, right? Okay. So like uh, I did the editing on the, I, 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 you know, developed the script with Joe, Joe wrote the script. I produced and directed with our whole team and, you know, produced with everyone, directed the movie. And then I edited the movie. Uh, I edit, I edited both of my films, this one and automation. The special effects were these guys in England, uh, Steve Clark and Paul Mott. And a lot of the scenes were either storyboarded uh, for the special effects sequences. And those storyboards would either be little chicken scratches that I did, you know, (laughs) stick figures. Like the whole Red Planet scene was just a bunch of little boards I drew. And I'm like, okay, Sarah, look here, point there. This thing's over there. And she's so controlled. She knew exactly, you know, she was always in the character in the moment. And that was tough because that backpack kept falling off of her all the time uh, while we were filming. And then, um, what was I saying? And then it the took nine months to edit it. Yeah, it did take a while to edit it. And then, uh, and then the special effects scenes. I worked with Anthony Pierce, who is uh, the production designer on the movie, who built the spaceship sets. And uh, for some of the bigger sequences, like the opening action scene and the, and the asteroid scene, he did boards for that. So when I was editing, I would put in the boards for the shots of the spaceships going through the asteroids. To fill that space. Yeah, and then I'd like temp track it with like music from Battle Beyond the Stars. There, In fact, I remember, it's funny, when I started cutting this scene, it's, you know, it's kind of challenging. I mean, I've worked with effects before, but this was a lot more effects than my previous movie. How many? 500? 500, 592 effects shots. 90. So it's like, 
I'm doing this spaceship scene and, you know, you're basically intercutting actors sitting at control panels and doing this stuff. And then, you know, you got to try and get the momentum and you don't even have anything yet. You just yeah. have the pictures. So I uh, used this music cue from Battle Beyond the Stars. It's James Horner's music. And that helped me start finding the tempo, you know, and, and creating the whole sequence where the, sh you know, that whole asteroid sequence. You know, what you did was called ease editing. You ease in and out. Some editors are so choppy. Yeah. I can't, no, no. I can't understand when the scene has been destroyed by a chop. You know, you've established something in your dialogue with your partner, the actor, and the audience now gets it, and then suddenly it's over and forgotten. No, it has to have continuity. You know that. What Sarah was doing with, what's his name, Tyler, yeah. had to go into the next scene, and I saw that it was called ease editing. And I like ease editing. I, I, I don't like uh, some editors that chop. Yeah, I'm not. The style is very fluid. Yeah, I'm not into choppy stuff. And and you know, it's funny. You know, you'll there's actually more edits in some scenes than you think there are. But again, that's because it's just it's smoothly done and it's motivated. Like if someone's <laughs> something on the other person, you know, it's not just about like I talk and then this person talks. This turn Chris to you know there's that to the eyes and what's going on between the characters and all that stuff. So. No, yeah. I learned a long time ago from some of the greatest actors in the world that I've known. We're not name dropping. The most famous of the 1950s. And the thing that they always said to me is, Ron, you have hands. Use them. They tell a story. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. And we and we were very fortunate because, again, the whole cast was great. I just well, picked my nose into the snow. I saw it. Yeah, no, but that's telling a story. I didn't yeah. have I didn't have to say, oh, I'm going to pick my nose, roll the sock, <laughs> and do this. He showed us. I just told the story. So you have to learn to use your hands when you work because hands, you know, tell so much. So you've always been, I'm going to assume, and I don't know about you now, uh, Anahit, but, um, and we'll get to you in a second, but like you have, uh, so you've done two movies. We also loved automation. I have to tell you, so we go to all the, uh, independent like movie premieres <coughs> and basically our favorite ones art of the dead by the mahal brothers and tommy knockers was good all marcel's films are really good and, and automation and this automation and space wars are really good you know and and and, and our, we're friends with all the other people and they know we tell everybody you know their films are okay but they're not good films like these are so number one kudos to you number two have you always like been a sci-fi dogs I've, I've been in a few dogs <laughs> Well, I gotta tell you, I've been to few beauties. So wait, so have you always been a sci-fi guy? Yeah, always. I mean, I, I, I sci-fi, fantasy, adventure, you know, movies with dinosaurs or Godzilla, that kind of stuff. I mean, I've always Ray Harryhausen movies, um, and and like I like horror movies also, but it's like horror and sci-fi are sort of like close cousins. And you know, for a while, for almost twenty years, we were trying to get a movie made, you know, our first movie. And you have something and to be a horror project and you're developing and then, oh, we're ready to shoot. Oh, no, that one. Something would always fall through. Something would always fall apart. And really all the broken pieces of all these different films finally came together and became automation in the end. Um, and that was just a wonderful thing, the way it all came together. But sci-fi is genuinely more where I am. Anything that's fantasy and like escapism um, as far as horror stuff, I like things like From Beyond or, you know, things that have a more fantastical element to them, you know, or the Hellraiser movies, things like that. Um, but, yeah, I mean, 
I just like taking the audience on a journey to another place, you know, another world. It's so back again. I predicted this, Jimmy will tell you. <clears throat> we had the vampire, then we had the, the, the Frankenstein, then we had zombies. the zombies, then we had all the same bullshit over and over again. Ten people in the room, yeah, like, ten people get killed one at a time. That, thank God, is gone. <laughs> now we are, I told Jimmy, it's going to all be about space movies. <clears throat> we are so involved now with this aliens flying around. Yeah. And on the news, everything is about the flying saucers that we are seeing, but not the government's not telling us. I would like to write a script, or somebody, I don't at the time, but somebody to write a script about the government cover-up of flying saucers. And then suddenly they land somewhere and go into the White House and kill the president. What do you think? <laughs> no. <laughs> he likes to he likes those. He loves all those. Like one of my favorite movies, and we just recently watched the, the Keanu Reeves remake. What's the movie? Day uh, the Earth Still. Yeah, the Day the Earth Still. The original, the original one is really, yeah. really like good. Oh, I like with, love with, it. But you know, I knew her, and I, I loved her so much, Patricia. Um, oh, Patricia Neal, right? Yeah, Patricia. Patricia Neal. She loved that film. I I said that to her. I said, you know, out of all your work, isn't it terrible, Pat? I only remember that one film. She said, everyone does wrong. You're not the only one. She said, I really enjoy doing it because working with Michael Rennie at the time was a big deal. And she she was wonderful. Uh, I was peeking in her apartment in Manhattan. She had the door open somewhat. We were chatting. And I saw a picture of Gary Cooper on a table, big picture. And I said, boy, oh, boy, that was some love affair. And she looked at me. She said, what do you mean was? Aww. <laughs> she loved him until her death. And yet she was married to Raul, uh, Raul uh, Arlene Dahl's cousin, Raul Dahl, Dahl, and had five children with him. But Gary Cooper was always her love. Wow. Patricia Neal was a lovely, lovely actress and a lovely, lovely person. Someone I, I really care for. So what I want to do real quick is, and he will let you introduce it. So I actually gave our engineer the long version, which we played before you came on, so everybody. That's can a see wonderful it. trailer, by the uh, way. And now I have a shorter version that tells everybody where they can stream it. Um, so I'm going to have him play it, but you introduce it, and then one, our engineer is going to play one. You're going to play this. It's, I titled it Space War Short. You introduced the trailer. This is the review trailer. The trailer with all these nice reviews in it. Yes. Yeah, we're going to play on Tubi and uh, see people can watch it for free now on Tubi, Amazon Prime, Voodoo. There, he's he's better at that. No, than no, I. you go. Well, what do you want me to say? <laughs> well, I'm in it, and I'm in this film, and check out this cool trailer or something like that. Be be okay. be bold. <laughs> go. You can say Hi. anything. Hi, I'm Ella Heat. I play Jackie in Space Wars. Please check out our trailer. I think you'll enjoy it. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> now on digital and DVD. <laughs> Space Wars Quest for the Deep Star is an epic sci-fi adventure. Do what needs to be done. An edge of your seat wild ride. We have company. Tons of popcorn munching fun. Five stars. A love letter to the sci-fi films of the 70s and 80s. <laughs> With plenty of action and fun for all. You need to see it. You really do. The captain just decided it's time to go. 
I am ready for a sequel. Experience a bold new adventure. Space Wars Quest for the Deep Star. A good old-fashioned adventure. Now on digital and DVD. It's a Yay! good day. The trailers are so freaking good. Yeah, it's good. not even funny. And, and you know what? Sarah French, this was so out of who she does and who she is. She, you know, to be an action figure instead of just a sexy woman who gets chopped up all the time. Um, <laughs> you know, I'm so happy that she's doing this because it makes her a real look interesting. Now and I we love have her chemistry with Michael. They, they were great. I mean, when we... Oh, great. When, when you know, Joe and I were working on the pre-production and stuff, I remember, because we had a pretty tight shooting schedule and everything. But one thing about this film and automation, I'd say like 90% of the cast, it, the script was basically written for them. You know, so we knew Anahit was playing Jackie, Sarah was playing Taylor, and Michael Perret was going to be Kip. And I remember, like, because a lot of scenes are between those characters early and stuff, and Joe was like, I think... With those three, we're going to be all right. We're going to be okay. We're, we're not going to have too many problems. You know, because, you know, there were days, I mean, we had to just get the stuff done. Pages and pages done quickly. Yeah. And everybody was uh, so committed, so professional. Everything went smoothly yeah. between Michael and Sarah and I. Just, yeah. uh, I think I was on set for maybe five days. Yeah. Um, Let me tell you something. You did a lot of solilo soliloquy work, my dear. You had a lot, a lot of messages there. Yeah. If they give me if they give me a script like that, I wouldn't be able to do it without my earplug. Yeah. At my age, eighty-two years old, you forget lines. But yeah. With my earplug, I could do Shakespeare in one hour, nonstop, and never miss a beat. So, <laughs> you know, it's wonderful if I'm on the set and I let all the young ones fuck up and they don't know their lines, and I just stand there going. <laughs> <laughs> Of your lines last night? Do you have trouble? Do you have trouble remembering lines? Yes, or is that, it was, easy that was for you? my question. Oh, you know, it takes a while. It depends on the material. It, um, uh, for example, there was some terminology in there that Joe threw in that I wasn't comfortable with, or I couldn't. It wouldn't roll off my tongue. Um, but he was very generous in allowing me to adjust those so that I could do it. So he allowed me to change a few words. I said, "Can I say this? Would you mind?" And he was just so gracious so cool. about it. A lot of writers uh, are so sticklers. Say it as it's written. No, you know, he was good. No, I've discussed writing with Joe. Yeah. And Joe and I agree with the same thing. You're hiring an actor to act. Yeah. The lines may not necessarily be the right lines. Like, for example, I was I was in a movie, I won't mention what, where I played a, a mafia, tough guy. And the line, I don't remember, but it was something like, oh, shucks, Don, heck, don't do that. And I never heard of a mafia guy saying, oh, shucks, Don, don't do that. <laughs> you know, or I said, I'd like to play it this way. Keep it up and you're dead. Yeah. And they agreed. They said, yes, it's far more important. So sometimes the writer is not from Brooklyn, Italian, and in the mafia. So his knowledge of what he's writing is weak. But I'm from Brooklyn, and I grew up with the mafia, so I know what it's all about. Yep. But I can <clears throat> portray them well. Yeah. So, now, um, which brings me to you. Which brings me to you. Yes, sir. And your work. Are you totally engrossed in the character? Do you forget where you are and who you are, but you are the person you portray? No. 
Uh, short answer. <laughs> I'm always me. I'm always me. I'm playing my version of who the character is. Your, your interpretation of my the character. I have for myself as an actor, I come up with a backstory for who I am playing. That way, if some if as if the director wants me to play it a different way or come at it from a different angle, I have the backstory to back up what I'm going to do. It takes a lot of time for me to um, uh, come up with a storyline for myself, only for me to know. No one else has to know the director or the writer or whatever, uh, so that I am completely and fully that when I show up on stage. I think we, we all do that. I know when I work, I imagine the character where he lives, what he does, where he, what he wears, what he Absolutely. eats. And, and how he is towards his family and friends, yes. because that's so important in what we do. That's the difference, you kids out there, from reading a script on set. Do not read your lines. Any jerk can read lines on a set. But live you your have, line. You yeah, have to live your line. Yes, those, you got to live your life. Those, listen, if I'm playing a spirit from another planet, you will lie. If I'm playing evil birds from another planet, I have to really create that evil person. Probably I would pull from Emperor Ming in Flash Gordon, the original, because he scared the hell out of me as a kid. He was a wicked old <laughs> Charles, um, what was his name? Charles Middleton. Charles Middleton played uh, Ming. Did you ever watch any of the Flash Gordon, like the 30s Flash Gordons? I did, I did watch some of those in the bat in the past. I definitely, though, you know, remember the 1980 movie more than yeah. you know, that's more present in my head. We actually know? had but Sam Jones on the but, show but last the, year. The really? Buster, yeah, he was great. The Buster Crab 1936. The momentum was like your movie. You were really that momentum. I mean, they had Flash Gordon had the rock people. It was a wall of rocks, and suddenly they came out and were walking. You know, it scared us as kids. Now I look at it, I go, they look like paper bags. They got wet and they crushed them all over these guys. Bad, bad, bad. So the effects, they didn't have green screen. They didn't have uh, what we have today. They, you know, how about that horrible one with Bela Lugosi and uh, Vampira? Oh, that, uh, uh, Plan 9 from Outer Space. Uh, I love the robot from oh, that. I have the robot. That, I have a, a play robot. That movie that. is so bad that you have to watch oh, it just it. to love it. Yeah, I love I've it. I've watched it when I lived in New York years ago with a group of people in my house who watched it, and we just sat there laughing. Our heads <laughs> Wait, let's go to Anna Heat. So, so what kind of movies did you like? Like, are you also, I know you guys are married. It doesn't mean because we don't like all the same things. Do, oh, do you no. are you a big sci-fi person? That's because I have taste and you don't. <laughs> yeah. Are you a big sci-fi person? Yes or no? Yes. One of my favorites is Alien and Tremors okay. is, is a close follow-up. But uh, I grew well, up. What was the close follow-up? What was the close follow-up? Uh, Tremors. Oh, yes. Good. Mm. Okay. We like Tremors. <laughs> I I I um, lean more toward romantic comedies, dramas, adventure, um, things like that. She's not into horror. No, uh, and dance movies. I will dance I will watch does. as you know whatever I can get my hands on when it comes to dance movies. Oh, did you see Rachel Brooks Smith movie then? The dance movie she did. That one I did not. No, oh, it's just really good. You have to see it. It's really good. Yeah. I, cried, I cried during part of it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's really good. So I'm, hey, I, I'm not a fan of horror movies, uh, unless the Psycho, Alfred Hitchcock's original movie, uh, Psycho. That was a piece of work that will never be again. 
Yeah. It, it was the most incredible, you know, back in 1960, I went with my girlfriend Hilda and she dug her fingernails into my arm. Oh yeah, because she was so frightened. The audience was petrified. We have never ever in the history of film back in 1960, the movie, the star dies at 10 minutes into the film. Yeah. No, I said, they he put her in the car, but somehow she's got to get out of that car. I would not accept that Janet Lee was stabbed so brutally. Yeah. The girls in the audience were screaming. I mean, <laughs> screaming. People walked out on that film. They couldn't tolerate it. They thought it was disgusting. It was unnecessary. It was too much. They'd hate it today. People, people <laughs> didn't take showers. Women would be in the shower, tell their husband, stand outside, please, I'm frightened. Aww. That film had such an effect. Why? It made you. It made you become the person. You became Anthony Perkins. Yeah. You became Janet Lee. You became Vera Miles. You became John, uh, ooh, whatever. Yeah, you, it, it, well, what's great is Anthony Perkins is sympathetic in it, too. That, I mean, you like him. It was brutal. Like I knew him. I, I knew it. I, I knew Anthony Perkins. Yeah. Um, I spent, I had a couple of drinks with him at a bar on Long Island. And um, he was exactly in person. As he was on screen, he was exactly in person. He twitched his head a lot. And when he spoke, he thought and he paused. It's a bit strange. Yeah. So let me go to Anahit. So first of all, I want to say, because Lance Henriksen is like my favorite actor of all time. Since I was a little kid, you know, he's been on the show. He's given me like he, he makes these alien. Uh, uh, have you seen the alien tiles that he makes? Anyway, he makes these alien tiles. He doesn't sell them. Um, once in a while, you'll find them for thousands of dollars on eBay. And, and uh, I used to be a clothing designer and I gave him some of my clothes to wear. And he gave me one of these alien tiles and wrote on the back of it to me. Uh, so he's always been my favorite actor. And um, he's very, very, very cool. So, so kudos for the whole alien thing because he's like <laughs> that. Um, so, let me ask you: What are some of your more favorite romantic comedies? Mine's Pretty Woman, like oh, without a doubt. That's like my favorite. Like, you know, I don't have um, modern ones. Some of my favorite um, comedy actresses are from the past, like uh, Claudette Colbert. She did a lot of romantic comedies, and I love her to death. You know. Um, I love all of the uh, older comedic actresses like Lucille Ball and Carol Burnett. Um, I grew up watching um, Saturday afternoon movies, you know, so I grew up on uh, Andy, Andy Rooney uh, and all the musicals, you know, just that that is my background. So I enjoy physical comedy. I think the, I think the most modern actress would be Sandra Bullock. Yeah. She, love her. She's hilarious. Love her. I laugh at it. I just enjoy her movies quite a now, bit. You brought up Claudette Colbert. Yeah. I was, my Perry Winkler lived on Fifth Avenue right opposite Central Park. And Claudette Colbert lived in that building also. Ooh. And one day leaving Perry's apartment, she got in the elevator. And I said to her, I said, Miss Colbert, the one regret I have as an actor is, and she looked at me, I said, never being able to work with you. Oh. And she looked at me, she said, well, you never know, it could happen. I said, yeah, from your mouth to God's ears. And she started <laughs> yeah. to live, and of course got out of the elevator. She had to be three feet high. You're tall. You're taller than her. I but am five feet. <laughs> she's five feet. I think she's Claude, smaller than you. Claudia Colbert, four nine, four eight, the littlest woman in the world. When I spoke to her, I had to bend over. Just really, that's my, like, like a, yeah, tiny little woman. Very pretty, so pretty. She was about 100, but very pretty when I met her. She was about 
she was in her early nineties, maybe. <laughs> so, so, uh, so here's a question I like to ask everybody. Well, Taylor, but we'll go with you first, Mama Heat. Uh, I always like to ask actors, male and female bucket list actor that you would love to work with, and they can be living or dead. And then the second half of the question would be, um, if you could have ever been in any movie that's ever been made in history, what movie would you have liked to have been in? Any movie? Wow. Okay, let's see. Um, female actress. Uh, Carol Burnett. I think she would have been really fun to be with. Um, we watch her show at night. Yeah, I like we Carol. I remember being like 12 years old and standing in front of the TV and saying to Ricky Schroeder, I'm going to work with you one day. I, that's a very vivid memory. Yeah, so Ricky Schroeder would be your pick? Uh, yeah, I think so. <laughs> oh my God, that's so funny because he follows me in social media. And, Does he really? Uh, and, he, uh, and I mean, let's face it, he was like a huge, especially as a child star, he was a huge child star. Yeah. And he actually um, made a movie, his track movie with uh, Brad Pitt when they were younger that yeah. I always enjoyed a lot. That's a cool one. All right, so then we go to Garo. Gatto. Gatto. I keep looking at it, so I mess it up. Wait, okay. wait, where's the G in that, or the G in that? It's Gatto. It's a soft rolling R. Yeah. I say it with an Italian accent. It's beautiful. Got there you go. There you go. All right. So you're a director. So let's say male and female actor you would love to direct. And then if you would have ever been the director of any major, you know, movie that's ever been made, what movie would you have liked to have been the director of? You know, I love working with Anahi, to be honest with you. I mean, this is living the dream. This is what I've been wanting to do for years, yeah. you know? Uh, we had that moment too on the set of this one. She came out in costume, fully made up, and she's walking to the set. She's like, "Hey, Anahi, guess what?" She's like, "What? We're living the dream right now, you know. We're doing yeah. it. We're making it's not a movie. later. It's not. It, you know, it's happening actually right now. This is the moment. You know." And I, I want to say something to our viewers. We've been at parties with these people, and they are exactly in real life what you see now. They are not fake, not phony. They're a sweet couple. They're just nice people. And I'm so happy for the success of your film. Thank I really you. am. Because it couldn't happen to nicer uh, people. Thank people you. Really are sweet. We had fun at Michelle's house. No, Marcel's house. What did I say? Michelle. No, Marcel. I mean, no, no, I have bad sinuses, so I took one of those pills. You took a cigarette. <laughs> no, to get rid of it, and I'm stoned. <laughs> I love Marcel's it. A great guy, by the way, and and oh, we love Marcel. We love oh, Marcel. I love to Marcel. Death. Marcel's my hero. Good he's filmmaker. I mean, he's done some great stuff. So I'm looking not... forward to the next one with him, Sarah, and Joe. That that's a wrap is coming out soon, which I seen, which is August fifth. Yeah, Garden of Eden coming up soon, so that'll be something. Wait, did, did you go you... to the Atzerap premiere? Like it was. Uh, I did. I did. I was there. It was and great. Like, you know, it's funny. Joe and Sarah are like, man. We'd love to work with Anahi, but I don't know, you know, and another movie, but it's a horror one. This one's pretty gross. It's like, yeah, she's not going to, you know, she would love, you know, she loves sci-fi and thrillers and dramas. I'll do all of that. Yeah. But, but if it's like too horrific, it's probably not. No, I cringe. So when we were dating Valentine's day, he takes me to scream. I'm like this the whole time. And the rest of the time I'm hitting him. Like, what, where have you brought me? <laughs> I can't handle scream, so I'm not going to do horror. Yeah, you know what I mean? That's about as mainstream <laughs> horror as it gets for her. <laughs> so, Anahi, are you not on Instagram? Because I couldn't find an Instagram. No, no, I'm not. But Facebook, you can find. Yeah, I'm on Facebook. Yeah. 
All right, so you guys can follow. Uh, I mean, fake work. God, you guys can follow Garo. He's at Garo Sitian, G-A-R-O-S-E-T-I-A-N. That's his Instagram. You guys, the name of the movie is Space Force, Quest for the Deep Star. You can find it on Tubi, Amazon Prime, YouTube, all over the place. And where can people see automation? Is it still out? Same, in- same places. It's free on all those same places. Kind of nice. Yeah, since Space Wars premiered like free on these places now, suddenly automation's kind of had a big jump. So it's great. So it's like yes. people are seeing- and they'll look you up and they'll see it and they'll like it and they'll say, what else has he done? And then they go and see yeah. it. It really is. more. It's been exciting. Yeah. You know, and I love both movies and we're hoping to do a lot more. So, you know. I hope so, too. So we want to thank you guys for coming on. I want everybody to see Space Wars Quest for the Deep Star. And um, and we want to congratulate you on all the success. Thank you, thank you for really, having us on. Really, we really appreciate it. Wonderful. Absolutely. Time. And we'll see you soon. Well, I, I'm happy to say, you know, sometimes movies come on that I'm not I don't like and I don't want to <clears throat> and I don't want to hurt the film. So I'm very quiet about it. But I'm happy when a, a film comes on that I like, so I can really boast about it without um, I'm, I, I, I don't lie so folks out there watch it it's a good movie just go out and get a pizza and yeah. have, it goes good with pizza because we had pizza popcorn <laughs> soda exactly. it's no, I, I made a gorgeous salad and I made my own pizza you know by hand and we ate pizza and salad and enjoyed that movie that was an evening out and it didn't cost us 150 bucks that's right that's so, folks, you'll see it, you guys, it and enjoy it for free. Yeah. Stream it, not rent it. Oh, stream it's, it's for free. free now? Yeah, stream it, you guys. Why is that good movie for free? You pay for it. <laughs> well, it, it had its period of time where people pay for it. And then after, like, it came out May 2nd on digital. And now, you know, just, just last week it became free. It's so, it's so worth the money. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Well, you guys, check it out. You guys, thanks so much for coming on the show. And I'm sure and we'll see you soon. I will get you. Bye. you. Bye. Bye. Bye, you guys. Bye. No, I have Yay. to wash this off. You know, I kind of like the go-to. Oh, well, you're going to keep it on. Hello, Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell listeners. Why are so many dogs suffering from health issues? Actress Katherine Heigl, who's helped save over 16,000 dogs through her foundation, said she's seeing more issues with dogs' joints, odors, and health than ever before. And after doing a ton of research, she feels there's one place we can look to improve any dog's health. Their food! What she discovered is that the way many dog foods are made can actually create toxins that could be wrecking our dog's health. And this is true even for many premium brands. Fortunately, she found that just by adding a few special superfoods to her dog's food, she saw huge transformations in their health. She's made a 20-minute video explaining step-by-step how anyone can do the same thing to see incredible changes in their dog's health. This worked amazingly for our dogs Shazam, Astro, and Brandy. We are noticing more energy, healthier skin and coat, just looking and acting younger. They love it. If you want to keep your dog healthy and happy, go to badlandsfood.com forward slash Jimmy and Ron and watch Catherine's video right now. Again, that's B-A-D-L-A-N-D-S-F-O-O-D.com forward slash Jimmy and Ron. I'm for the second guest because he's here and I can bring him on or I can play a music video when Play a music video. Give me time to wash my face. All right, you guys, real quick. We're going to play Stefano over you. And when the song is over, we'll be back with our next guest, Thomas G. Waits. So here it is, Stefano, over you. Enjoy.
We're going to bring on our first guest. Ron will be here in a minute. He's taking off the makeup so he doesn't look stupid for our second guest. And here he comes anyway. Hello, hello, Thomas. Hey, hey, hey. Yes, say something. Let me make sure we can hear you. Okay, I hope you can hear me because I have a lot to say. Yes, we can hear you. But you won't get a chance with Jimmy the Big Mouth. He doesn't (laughs) shut up for a minute. Hang on. Can you you make it so the top of your head doesn't get cut off? Are you on a phone? Oh, there you go. Okay. Is that better? Yeah, that's much better. All right, everybody. Now we want to welcome to the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, actor, director, and producer, and musician, Thomas wow. G. Wade. Hello, and welcome to the show. I'm super excited to have you. How you do? How you guys doing? I heard you talking about Lance Henriksen. Yes. An old mate of mine. Yes, he's a he's a he's one of my favorite actors. Actually, we've I uh, I went down your IMDb, and lots of people you've worked with have actually been on this show. Um, I so bet. Let me introduce you to my cool, outrageous man about town co-host, Mr. Ron Russell. Hey, Ron, how are you? Where, where are you from in New York? I live Upper East. Upper East Side? Where are you from originally, Brooklyn? I was born in Philadelphia, right outside of Philadelphia. And I moved to New York when I was uh, 17 to study at the Juilliard School. Of course, you have a New York accent, not a Philly accent. <laughs> Yeah, that Philly accent kind of got eradicated with all those years of training. But, you know, I, I want to just mention Lance for a second. Because, you know, Lance was in Dog Day Afternoon, as you know. Yes. And uh, a great actor, a great guy. And um, I don't know if you can see it behind me, that uh, picture. Yes. It, it's a picture of me and Pacino and the great actor Clifton James. And I had just been offered American Buffalo. And I'm walking down uh, uh, 57th Street, and here comes Lance the other way. And we knew each other socially. And I said, Lance, hey, how you doing? He goes, how you doing? And I said, I just got offered 
American Buffalo. He's like, congratulations. And I go, but Lance, I asked him for 50 bucks a week extra. <laughs> that was a lot of money. You know what I mean? And, you know, he's a, a few years older than me. So he had this like brotherly affection for me, you know, and he's like, you listen to me and listen to me good. You don't take that job unless they give you the 50 bucks. Hold out for it. Like, and he just penetrated my consciousness in such a way, like, believe in yourself, he was saying. You know, don't let them get the best of you. And sure enough, 50 bucks to an off-Broadway sold-out show that was sold out for months and months and months. It was nothing to them. But, it, you know, I was young and I was... Uh, Somewhat trepidatious, I suppose. <laughs> but so, Lance is a great guy. I ran into yes. him at a, at a York, signing in LA, <clears throat> and we we stayed up and uh, had some drinks and uh, got caught up. He's a sculptor, you know. I know. I have one of his. Uh, well, he he makes these alien tiles with the alien monster. And I was at a convention, and he had been on our show. Um, and he actually get he doesn't make them for people; he just makes them. And he gave it to me and on the internet. You know, there are thousands of dollars. And he just gave it to me. He wrote, you're the coolest fucker ever. And he signed it on the hey, back. That's a, that's a compliment. And, yeah, I know. I love, I love, so I've always been a big fan. So first off, we have a chat room full of people. Say hi to everybody in the chat room. Hi, hi, hi. Hi, everybody. And then we have a, a person in the chat room. Her name is Dawn, uh, Dawn Hinton. Just say hi to Dawn because she sent me all these pictures of you saying how she had such a crush on you. <laughs> <laughs> and everything. So say hi to Don. Thank you. Hi, Don. Thanks for having a crush on me. You have good taste, I guess. <laughs> yes. Terrible taste in men, but maybe good taste in people. So the reason I, I so uh, and I know we have lots of stuff to talk about, and I actually have the trailer for your new movie. We're going to play for everybody so they see it and a performance with you and your band. But we have to talk about three, a couple of specific things because I was on Peacock Television a couple of weeks ago. No, Paramount Plus and The Warriors came on. And I've seen the movie probably, I don't know, 200 times. It's one of my favorite movies like ever. And I used to be, when I lived in Pennsylvania, I was really good friends with David Harris. He's been on the show a million times. Um, and uh, and I thought, gee, I wonder what everybody else is doing. Because we went to Chiller and, and a bunch of the guys were at Chiller. This is like you know, seven or eight years ago. Several of them were at, everybody was at Chiller. And I thought, let's just see what everybody's like doing. So I looked you up and you had an Instagram and so that's how I sent you the minutes to bring you on. But I originally brought you on because of the Warriors, not knowing you have all these new things that you're doing. And the fact that you're in Unjustice for All and, and The Thing. I mean, those are like three such iconic movies. But we have to talk about the Warriors a little bit just because it's like my favorite. Sure. And, uh, and I love it. And I hate that you die in front of the train. And, uh, <laughs> <laughs> I do a great job of dying. You do a great job of dying, and I guess there was all kinds of controversy with the film that I didn't even know that until I was bringing you on this time. But like, how in general, how was it being? Because that's like the that's probably the most iconic gang movie, and probably one of the most iconic movies shot in New York ever made in history. Yeah, um, it was a big cult. It's become a big cult classic, and it was a big success for Walter at the time. Uh, I don't know if you remember that far back, but. Prior to that, The Driver had just come out. The Driver was released with Ryan O'Neill and Bruce Stern while we were shooting The Warriors, and it did not fare well. It didn't get good reviews, even though I thought Ryan O'Neill gave a terrifically understated performance. Uh, nonetheless, 
Walter was under a great deal of pressure because his most recent picture failed and he was over budget and behind schedule with the Warriors. And I was young and, um, you know, I really uh, just, you know, became a pain in the ass to the guy. And I did it one too many times. And finally, he just said, I don't want him to come back. And that was like the worst day of my life. And yet the greatest day of my life, because it, it hurt me so deeply. You know, I didn't realize I was behaving so badly. I really didn't know. I, honest to God, I, I was a 23-year-old kid. I, I came from nothing. All of a sudden, you know, I had money in the bank. And it, it just success happened very quickly, and I didn't handle it very well. And I became an annoyance in asking him a lot of unnecessary questions. And I think he finally just got annoyed with it. Um, you know, from my vantage point however there there was a modicum of logic and that is that he and i met and decided that it was going to be a film about how the love of mercy and fox rise above the war-torn gangland beneath their feet and then when we started shooting it obviously was not going in that direction and instead of going to my agent or through the proper channels and authorities, I just kept bugging him on set until finally he just said. So they basically killed you off then. Like they like were you in the original script? You weren't supposed to get killed. off. No, I was supposed to go go off with Deborah at the end. OK, so so I think that's a great Wait, story. Before we go any further, we really should not be mentioning names of films. Yes, you can. Well, I kind of agree with Sam. No, we just did it on the Right, because it, it sells the film. It's okay. It's okay. No, it's not okay, Jimmy. It, it goes against the fight that we did. We just did it with 100 people well, on we, the we last did, one. Yeah, well, that was, a, that was an indie film. That was not a Sam. Yeah, we, 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 we can talk about my film, Target. Yes. Which I want to talk about because that's completely independent and. Yeah, that we can. I raised the money myself, and uh, I'd really like to get people to watch it. The other films were uh, feature films in theaters, so we don't want to make people go. We can talk about some of the people, though, that you worked with. Wait, wait. go see the two films we mentioned six months from now. Yes, but not Uh, now. I know the films we mentioned. They're they're they've been out for thirty years. That doesn't matter. You're you're not getting it, Jimmy. It's advertising the movie, and people are going to say, "Oh, I'm going to go in." and look at it on Netflix, and then he doesn't get any money. So you want to go see Target, you guys, which we're going to talk about in a minute. Let's talk a little bit about some of the people. Let me brag a little for you. Some of all the fabulous people that you've worked okay. with. Um, Not the movie. Al Pacino, John Forsyth, all the people, obviously, from the, the from the, the movie we just spoke about. Christine Lottie, Jeffrey Tambor, Craig Nelson, Lee Strasberg, Kurt Russell, Wilford Brindley, Keith David. We're actually going to an event with him soon. Uh Adrian Barbeau, who's been on the show a couple of times, James Remar, Daryl Hannah, Michael J. Fox, Joan Jett, Michael McKean, Gina Rollins, Michael Rooker, who's been on the show, Scott Glenn, Xander Berkeley's been on the show, Um, Sean Penn, Gary Oldman, Ed Harris, Robin Wright, Burgess Meredith, John C. Riley, John Turturro, Wesley Snipes, Jennifer Lopez, Woody Harrelson, Robert Blake, Chris Cooper, Jill Hennessy, John Voight, Paul Sorvino, Robert Culp, Eric Roberts, Simon Baker, Keenan Ivory Wayans. Martin Cove, Eric Roberts has been on the show. Uh, and so has uh, Paul Savino. 
and Paul Sorbino has been on the show. So you've worked with like everybody. Um, <laughs> and, uh, and now you uh, have become your first time writer director and you have a movie called target. Tell us a little bit about that. Okay. Thank you for asking. So during the pandemic, I got very sick. I mean, I was one of the first ones to get it and I lived alone at the time. And I mean, I, you know, video conferenced my doctor and he said, you know, I'll admit you. And I said, no, I don't want to be admitted. I'm just going to tough it out here. If I'm going to go, I'm going to go here. And I fought my way through it. And when I got through that, you know, crucible, I said to myself, what do you really want to be doing with your life? And I've always wanted to make films. So I started the first draft of Target, the first of 27 drafts. But uh, I started doing readings of it over Zoom and changing the casting until I finally got the right people. I raised the money myself. And uh, we finally, um, through John Visneris, uh, uh, Dead Talk Live, we got a, a distribution deal. And it's available on Amazon Prime, uh, Apple, and Vudu. It's called Target a Playful Sex Comedy. So make sure you're old enough to watch it. No, it's really not. Um, it, it's more playful. It's more about how sex plays on the mind. So it's about a couple. And after five years of being together, they decide to spice things up a bit. And it goes a bit awry. And much of it is seen through. I don't know how much you know about painting, but the great painter Hieronymus Bosch, he has a painting of hell. And so the film is kind of seen through the eyes of the painting. And uh, there's all sorts of trickery and chicanery that goes on and uh, great actors that are in it. Uh, everyone, Jam Murphy, a newcomer, a beautiful young woman. She plays the lead, Nick Gregory, Philip Stoddard, uh, Vinnie Petrosini. Tony Daniels, they're the main characters, and uh, they all just did a great job for me. And for $150,000, I think I made a film that looks like it's $3 million. And it's funny, and it's fun, and it has, I think, a significant and poignant message that is delivered. And I wrote all the music to it, too. Because uh, when we got into post-production, we realized how expensive everything was. And so I just said, wow. We have B. Claudia from Germany who says the, 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 how do you pronounce the guy's name, Hieronymus? Hieronymus. Hieronymus, but she says she's very well known in Germany. She's from Germany. Yeah. Uh, so, so I have the trailer for this. Why don't you announce the trailer and then why play the Target movie trailer after Thomas announce, uh, introduces it to us. And we'll play the trailer and everybody will get an idea what it's about. Oh, great, great. So this is Target. It was released in April um, 18th, 2023. It was shot in May of 2023. And uh, I wrote and directed it and wrote all the songs except for one. And my great friend, uh, Tony Daniels, produced the music and arranged it. And it was produced by Vinnie Petrosini, Alyssa Rabinowitz, and another great friend of mine, Steve Conka, without whom I never could have done this project. It's a mammoth undertaking. 
And uh, we pulled it off, and I'm quite proud of it. And I'm sure you will enjoy it. And if you don't, get a hold of me, and I'll give you your money back. <laughs> Target, everybody. Why don't you want to be intimate with just me? It's just with me. The intimacy comes after you have sex with another man. Why are you like this? I'm a pervert. I need to take our sex life to a higher gear. Okay, I'll think about it. But I have to pick the guy. Dick's Deli. Oh, you mean that guy that works there? You give me a ride on that bike sometime? The first time you saw him. You're blocking the walkway with your bike front. Nowhere else to park? One thing I know is you two love each other and are devoted to one another. And that I respect. Salud. Jump in the lake, anyone? I may seem normal. No, you don't. Seem normal at all. Nice buys, dude. I am cuckoldom. It's a metaphor for guys whose wives cheat on them. But some men actually want their wives to have lovers. Ow. Let's put it this way. I'm a process guy. Okay. Honey, I know that you want this, but his soul stays in me forever. They say. Wanna wrestle for her? What? I hate people! You're not gonna like it! <laughs> Whoa. But it appears your house has been targeted. Here, do you want some water? Why? Why do I want a glass of water? You stabbed him, then you shot him? Wow. He was already stabbed. I shot him by accident. Why would you shoot him if he was already stabbed? Can I get a glass of water? But what? Vinny. Come in. In case things get too crazy with Chevron, they don't work out. We have a backup plan. A backup plan? Goodbye. <laughs> I was just going. <laughs> Yay! So God, I haven't looked at that footage in ages after studying it so I've many seen, hours. I've seen the guy, the lead, the older guy that's in it in a whole bunch of things before. Nick uh, Gregory. Yeah, Nick Gregory, and uh, and the, the young guy makes me thinks of the guy from Michael Damien's movie. Who's the that young guy now? I forgot his name. Uh, anyway, because Michael Damien, like you, like uh, found like some up and coming people, and now the guy's one of the biggest stars in Hollywood. He's like in everything, but like, Nick something, I forgot his name, but but he kind of reminds me of that. And the girl's beautiful, and, yeah, and the she's, is cool. She's wonderful. You you should really consider having her on your show. Jam Murphy, her name is. She's up and coming, and up until the strike, she was ready to do a big uh, Ryan Murphy project for Netflix, and uh, she's a comer. She's definitely, she's got the comedic timing. She's beautiful. She's the most fun person I've ever worked with. And I've been in this business, uh, I don't know, 45, 50 years. She's just a great kid. And she'd be a wonderful guest to have on the show. Everybody loved the trailer, too, in the chat. And they're all saying beautiful trailer. So how did you come up with doing your very first movie, uh, you know, about sex? Well, I thought, you know, except for porn, which... You know, nothing, I have nothing against it. I don't watch it myself. But 
there's never really been a story about there. You always hear a guy going through a midlife crisis and he turns to a younger woman for relief. Right. But I set up a construct where it well, he already had a younger woman and what he wanted to expand his sexual uh, verisimilitude, if you will, was an experience where it's called compersion. Compersion is the opposite of jealousy. It's where you derive pleasure from watching someone else pay attention to your mate. It doesn't have to be sexual, but it can be. And it's very rare. Word. I know what you're talking about, but I've never actually heard the word. But but, I, you, but you know what I mean. There are people that like, wow, I think your wife is so beautiful. Yeah, me too. Isn't she great? They, they get off on it instead of the traditional machismo, you know, I'm jealous and don't you dare look at my wife and all that. And I find that all very restrictive and constricting and unhealthy to the evolution of man. I like love it. I think it's cool. So so you guys, the name of the movie is called Target. You can uh, see it on uh, Amazon Prime and uh, Hulu, Voodoo and who else? Apple. And Apple. Um, so then, so you've done all these things and then you created a band and you have a band. And I actually saw, we're going to play a video in a minute of one of the songs, but in the, in the video, I noticed that, uh, yeah, you're in front of a, uh, first Jason, like, uh, thing that's, which I know Ari Lehman's been on our show. So he's been on our show and, and, uh, Ron did a movie called Clown Motel and he's like one of the people that was in it. So he, he's I'm actually in the about. film. Ari Lehman, he's in the Clown Motel movies. Yeah, I think we we opened for him that day. It was uh, at an autograph signing, and um, his band hadn't shown up yet. So before people all left, we just ran into the chapel and went up and started playing. And uh, I don't even know how it came out. I haven't heard a clip from it. <laughs> That's hilarious. So what made you decide to do music? You know, you're writing. I mean, you're doing a whole bunch of different things now. Yeah, well, you know, I think, as I mentioned earlier, I'd gone to school as an actor uh, at the Juilliard School, which is a great music school. Yes. And they forced us to take music classes, and I had to play the guitar and sing for a part, and I fell in love with the idea of being able to express myself musically as well. So it's taken me about 40 years, but I'm not bad now. <laughs> So but it, it took a long time for me to get it. I, I, I am not a quick learner. I learn things very slowly and methodically. But when I get them, I get them. And music is really, a, it, it makes me merge with my soul. So it's, the name of the song is Chemical. And this is like a live you know, performance. Um, so it's not mastered or anything, but it's fun to watch. And it is in front of the first Jason thing. So how about just introduce the song, and then Juan, you're going to play uh, uh, "Chemical" by the Thomas G. Waits Project. And so it's like basically a folk group, right? Like it's like folk story. Yeah, uh, I'd say it's Americana. Okay, Americana. Okay, all right. So introduce it, and we'll play it. And this song is called "Chemical," and it was written by Cedric, the young kid. He's our secret weapon. His voice, you'll hear it. Uh, we wrote it together. Um, he was about 16 or 17. He was a student in my acting class and we started writing together. And rather than me take all of the vocals, I like to, you know, spread the wealth. And so the other guys get to sing. And um, we wrote this song for Cedric to sing and it's called 
chemical. Enjoy, everybody. It's like a little box, and it's like a percussion instrument. And I, uh, 
it forces us to keep time. I mean, you couldn't tell by that footage because it was all over the place and it wasn't in sync. But, you know, we try really hard to keep uh, steady time when we practice. And our band is playing September 5th at the 11th Street Bar. You really want to come and hear it and feel the experience of, because, you know, I give a performance, as you can imagine, and um, <laughs> I, get quite, I get quite into it. And a lot of it is about, you know, the pains our country is going through, and it's kind of disguised as a love story of a man who loses love, then finds love, and... Uh, so wait, I saw the I saw on your website. I think you're playing another place that we have been to. What's the other place that you're playing at? The other gig we have lined up is the Cutting Room on September yeah. 28th. Yeah. So, uh, when I we used to live in Pennsylvania. That's um, the one in the basement. Um, uh, and we actually, yeah, we actually. Uh, I'm a publicist, and so I work with a lot of musicians. And so when we were there, we went to New York because we had a one of my clients was playing at the Cutting Room. And we actually like went there and and saw it. Um, and we're actually planning on coming back to New York soon. Uh, right now we're in Palm Springs, California, but we want to go back. Ron's from Brooklyn. We're going to come back to New York. Well, and, uh, Chris Noth is um, a good friend of mine, and he's the owner of uh, the cutting. cutting Room. That's very cool. What were you going to say? He has a horn. Are you, having, are you Italian? No, no. This is um, Moldavite. It's... Uh, Remember years ago, a comet came crashing through the Earth. It went through the crust of the Earth's surface. Well, this is a little piece of it. And uh, my partner, Lisa, gave it to me. It's for protection. And this is a new moon. Um, and today is a new moon, as a matter of fact. This morning at 5.30 was a new moon in Leo. So that's the day, for those of you that are interested... When you're supposed to make wishes, make 10 wishes. I'd like to create more financial abundance. I'd like to find a partner, whatever you're into, and write them out in a journal and follow New Moon Astrology. It's a book by Jan Spiller. That's so funny. B. Claudia knows like all this stuff you're saying. She's like writing in here all of it. She also says she wants to listen. Have you guys actually recorded, like, is there music on like iTunes that you can actually like or yeah, on or Spotify? On Spotify is not under the Thomas G. Waits project because that was earlier under just Thomas G. Waits or the Thomas G. Waits band. I'm not sure. You can hear songs from the film fully fleshed out uh, and they're really built out um, and, and they, they, they have a good sound to them. And we'll be releasing more on Spotify because... You know, my producer lives right upstairs and his studio is right there. So I get an idea for a song and I go, hey. <laughs> I need to go right upstairs. So let me ask you an actor question without yeah. mentioning any movies. So I always ask everybody, and you've worked with so many huge A-list, you yeah, know, I want stars. to ask you a question. Jenna Rollins, I love her. Oh. Love, she's a wonderful, fabulous actress. Jenna Rollins is a national treasure. She's wonderful. She what was, was like wonderful. Her? Watching her work was, I just stood in the back behind all the cameras and I just watched her take after take. The concentration, the commitment, the preparation, the involvement in the scene, every day. If a pencil would drop, it would become part of the scene. 
She included everything that was going on emotionally. Like Geraldine Page, another great actress, and right. Anne Wedgworth, another great actress. Well, they're all studio actors, that's why. Yeah, all actor studio people, yeah. exactly. Uh, and great actresses, every one of them, and I got to work with each one. Well, Jenna Rollins, I more watched, but I worked with Anne Wedgworth and I worked with Geraldine Page when I was a young actor. And I'll tell you, you can learn a lot as a young actor if that's what you're interested in, watching older, more mature actors. Watch how they prepare. Watch how they carry themselves through a scene. You, it's, you can, it's a tremendous process of education. Is, is Jenna still with us? I don't believe so. No, I don't think so. Because I know she lived down here at Thunderbird in Palm Springs. And I was going to go to the country club one day for an event. And I was excited because I thought possibly Jenna would be there. But she wasn't. And somebody told me that she had passed away. So I wasn't sure, in fact, that she yeah, had. Yeah, I believe she passed a few years ago, yeah. Yeah. So bucket list, since you've worked with so many cool people, is there a male and female actor that you wish that you um, – or that, that might be a fun, and they could be living or dead, somebody who you think would be a lot of fun to work with, a male and female, that you haven't already you know, been in a movie with, so it's got to be somebody different. Well, I've met her because we used to live in the same neighborhood many years ago in Soho, but I would love to work with Meryl Streep. I just okay. think Meryl Streep is, I mean, she can play, name it, she can play a rock and roll singer, she can play a character who wants to be an opera singer and sings just enough off-key through the whole movie that makes you know she can't sing. She can do it all. That, Royalty, was, she yes. can play. She can do everything. And to me, she's emblematic of the health of our country and the wealth of talent. I also am deeply enamored by Julia Roberts. I've always found her to be... Me too. I agree with that one. She's just <laughs> as talented as she is beautiful. It's amazing. Julia Roberts is my all-time like favorite. Pretty Woman is my favorite movie. I've seen it 500 times. I freaking like, love it. I like horror movies, so that's what I mostly like to watch. But Pretty Woman is my favorite, and I'm collecting Funko Pops. And I even have the movie that we were talking about earlier with you. I have the entire Funko Pop collection, which they don't have one for you, but I have the whole collection of everybody in it. As many of them that they make, I have one. Well, um, we're, we're allowed to mention people. I want to mention the great John Carpenter. Yes. Uh, one of the greatest, along with Norman Jewison, directors that I've ever had the opportunity to work with. And, um, you know, I encourage people to support John in any way they can. Um, you know, I met him. I met him at a convention many years ago. He was terrific. He's a great guy. He was terrific. He is a great guy. So I mean, he makes he makes work like fun. Like you know, it's not like oh my god, the alarm went off. I have to go into the set. It's like I can't wait to get there because he created an atmosphere. And you know, psychologically, he knew what he was doing. He was freeing his actors. He created. He has great discipline, don't get me wrong, but he created such an atmosphere of warmth and, you know, safety that you could fool around. And then when it was time to get down to business, you gave him everything. He just, he has that 
effect upon people where he makes you want to please him. I like love it. So what about a female actress? Uh, so I mentioned Meryl Streep. I mentioned... Oh, you're the male actress. I mean, you asked me. I'm sorry. I messed up. What about a male actor? A male actress. A male actor. Well, I quite like uh, Benedict Cumberbatch. Yes. That's... Now, nobody's going to take him. You, you know him? Yeah. I know. I don't know. I know who he is. I don't know him, but nobody's ever... I ask this question to every actor who comes on. Nobody's ever picked him. So and we've been on the air for a well, long he's time. He's a brilliant boy. I mean, yes. did you see the film about... Uh, oh God! The title of it went out of my head. Maybe it was 2011. About the guy who cracked the code. Yeah, that was a and big. Then was him. castrated because he was homosexual, and it was illegal to be homosexual in England until 1968. Can you believe that? Yeah, that's, that's terrible. Why, that's why the Queen of England was so worried because they she was afraid they would arrest her for being a queen. <laughs> <laughs> No, but I think Benedict Cumberbatch is absolutely, you know, he did Hamlet and um, they broadcast it on the screen here. And uh, I also saw Jude Law. That's another actor I'd like to work with. He loves Jude Law. Jude brilliant. Law. Brilliant. This kid is just, he's not a kid. He's just incredibly talented. He and so is Benedict Cumberbatch. They're, they're so gifted and they're they're very real in the sense that American actors, you know, we allegedly bring the interior work, and the British actors are more, um, you know, proficient at the exterior work. Allegedly, that's the sort of rap. But occasionally, you'll find the greats like Al Pacino can do Merchant of Venice, and he can do Scarface you know, because of the versatility of his talent and his capacity. Um, and that's what it is. I don't, I don't want actors that are able to play something other than just themselves. Did you get to, did you get to, uh, on the one movie that you did with Al Pacino, did you get to work with John Forsythe? Yeah, I did. I mean, we, you know, you have to understand, I did Injustice for All, and then I did two plays with Al. So I got to know him quite well. That's cool. And um, yeah, the great John Forsythe. Oh my God, I grew up watching him as a kid uh, on that TV show. What, what was it? Um, he played it. Uh, when I was a kid, he was on Dynasty. But <laughs> what, what, what was it? Uh, it was something before Dynasty. Yeah, something, he played a father or something. Yeah, yeah. I think, what the hell was the name of it? I don't remember. Yeah, I know the show. Oh, he was great. He was great. Some Bachelor father or something was it called? Yeah, something like that. Uh, Jeffrey Tambor, um, uh, Craig T. Nelson. It was Craig T. Nelson's first gig. I and love Craig T. Nelson. He was so into it that, you know, he has that great speech in Injustice for All, if you ever watched the film. But he didn't sit with the other actors during rehearsal. He sat off in the corner by himself. And then when it was his cue, he came charging into the table. Actors sitting around a table. He came charging in and went, Arthur, this is it. This is the big pass. Whatever his lines are, I can't remember. But he stayed completely by himself only until it was time for him to engage as the character. So 
So my favorite line from the movie that we were talking about when you first came on, uh, my favorite line, which happens to be your line, is we are not going to hide who we are because some whore shakes her ass. <laughs> uh, uh, it's such a great line, and, and I I because I, I probably watch the movie twice a year now. Anyway, I just like that it was on on uh, Paramount Plus, and I didn't have to uh, watch a DVD of it. I even have a VHS tape of it. <laughs> wow. Well, that's Walter's line. You know, Walter wrote the script, and uh, you know, to his credit, of uh, despite my belligerence and immaturity as a young man, you know, one has to respect the vision that he had for that film because it's unlike, aside from Clockwork Orange, any other film I've ever seen in terms of style. He took risks with style that no other directors usually take and get away with. We actually, we've had Malcolm on the show too. Actually, we saw him back in... He, Malcolm, he is one of the sweetest, nicest people I've ever met. I had a long talk with him, and he's just so full of uh, kindness and goodness and caring. He's a good guy, and he likes I, to do I love him. I, I met him at a, a signing. Malcolm McDowell, you mean? Yes. Yeah. I met him at a signing, and I tried to convey, you know, my admiration for his work as an actor, just actor to actor. And he was so appreciative. Oh, just he's so friend. grateful. He's I'm like, friends with his you know, agent. Thank you. Uh, Chris Rowe is a pretty yeah, good friend we, of mine. We met so. him at the director's uh, red carpet. The director's uh, street, uh, Oh, street. yeah. I, I've, I know of Fred. I know a lot of uh, <laughs> actors that I've trained have worked for him. Um, so hang on, because we've only got two minutes. One, you want to? You, you have a school, like you want to plug the school? Yes. So thomastwaits.com is my website, and there you can find everything. My acting school, TGW Acting Studio, my band, the Thomas G. Waits Band, and my film, Target. And I also have another film in the works that I'm trying to get off the ground, a horror film called Devil's Night, K-N-I-G-H-T. And I wrote it for my friend Kelsey Grammer, and we're in the process of trying to put that film together and shoot it as soon as we possibly can. And other than that, I'm a musician. I spend my time writing songs, teaching actors, and basically loving life and being extremely grateful to have the life that I've had. There you go. So you guys can follow Thomas on Instagram. His Instagram is Thomas G. Waits, uh, just like he's got it written without the period. Um, again, is thomasgwaits.com is his website. We want to thank you for coming on the show. Congratulations on all that you're doing. Um, and everybody goes check out Target. The name of the movie is Target. It's on Amazon Prime, Vudu, and something uh, Apple. An Apple. And uh, we want to thank you for coming on the show, and we appreciate it. And, and congratulations on all your success. Thank you, gentlemen. You take care of yourselves. Okay. All right. you take care of yourself. Okay. Bye. 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 All right, everybody. Too. Next week we're not going to be here, you guys. We're playing a repeat because we are going to the Rudy Valentino Memorial. Next week, we're going to the Rudy Valentino Memorial. We'll take a lot of pictures, and it happens to be on Wednesday, and that's the only day it is, so we have to go to it. Uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, so we'll see you in two weeks, that everybody. Is silent movie star, Rodolfo Valentino. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Juan. Thanks, everybody in the chat room. Uh-huh. We'll see you guys next week. Bye, everybody. Yeah, we 
in the mix, yeah we in the mix, it's another episode, here we go, the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, interviewing the hottest, newest, and truest of today's celebrities, make sure to subscribe so you can get notified weekly, Jimmy Star, he's the king of cool, Ron Russell, he's a gorgeous dude, chat room is live and you would be a fool not to vibe with us at the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, come watch it live on W4CY Radio, miss some past episodes, download on iTunes, the Jimmy Star Show with Ron Russell, it's the Jimmy Star Show. We're on Russell.